0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. You know, it's funny for somebody that says no matter what you've done in the past means nothing. Bill Belichick leaning on that yesterday and flexing to a degree was quite surprising. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app, not to mention Sirius XM channel 80 and on your smart speakers. Canty. I was absolutely blown away by this comment yesterday, and we heard a little bit of it, but in case you didn't hear it, this is Bill Belichick at the owners' meetings in Arizona getting asked by Mike Reese of ESPN, who covers the Patriots for NFL Nation, about the future and why fans should have belief in what the Patriots are doing. What would you say to them to give them a reason to be optimistic for what's ahead? 25 years oh boy that was that was that was a flex that was a flex and listen i I get it was it a flex though it kind of was it kind of was it was kind of a you know what more was it was more of a, a swatting away of a fly with a ridiculous question that's what it felt like that that felt like come on
1: please look at what i've done that's what it felt like now more see, interesting i, just, see, I disagree I, I think that was insecurity from bill belichick and and i'm not used to seeing him with that kind of demeanor that kind of posturing because as one of my good friends steven jackson always used to say a hit dog will holler and bill mm-hmm. belichick is starting to feel the heat with the patriots out of the playoffs two of the last three seasons and that just so happens to coincide with when tom brady decided to leave foxborough so i think a lot of this is starting to come back to: Is Bill Belichick really as good of a coach as we all thought he was, and is he the right coach for the New England Patriots for the foreseeable future? I think both of those questions are are fair to ask at this stage in his career. Well, is he now in the hot seat?
0: That's one of the questions we're asking at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We've got a lot of calls up on Lamar Jackson. We're going to get to those in just a few minutes, and if the Colts should draft a quarterback at number four or make a trade to get Lamar, considering they have expressed some interest in him. That in just moments. But the bigger issue is what the owner had to say last night. He was asked this question. You guys have posted a losing record two of the last three seasons. If that happens again, could Bill's job be in jeopardy, or is he here to break Don Shula's all-time win record and beyond? Kraft paused for a second or two before responding. Quote, look, I'd like him to break Don Shula's record, but I'm not looking for any of our players to get great stats. We're about winning and doing whatever we can to win, and that's our focus now. And I, it's very important to me that we make the playoffs, and that's what I hope happens next year. Oh, your fanny's getting warm, Bill. Fanny's getting a little bit warm. Because that is the first time you have ever heard Robert Kraft really indicate that, hey, we need to get this turned around. And look, when you're a game under 500, when we include the playoff game, since Tom left and you're the reason that he's gone, there's going to be some finger pointing and justifiably so.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about somebody that's going to be 71 years old next month. So it's fair to ask yourself, if you're Robert Kraft, where's the off-ramp from Bill Belichick? Especially if the team continues to teeter on mediocrity. Right now, I think if you polled most people in football circles, they tell you that the Patriots are looking up at the other three teams in their division. And outside of a huge swing, i.e., the Lamar Jackson situation, or something along those lines, I don't think that's going to change for the Patriots going into 2023. Chris, I think that's where they're at. They're they're confined to the cellar of the AFC East. And how long has it been since we've said that about a team playing in New England? Uh, Chris, let me ask you this question. If they got Lamar,
0: where does that put them in the division right now? If we're going to operate under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, where does Lamar Jackson on the Patriots, put them in the AFC East. With that defense?
1: Yeah. Second best team in the division. Behind? I would say behind the New York Jets. Wow. That's how good they are. I think they leapfrog Buffalo and Miami. That's how big of a difference Lamar Jackson can make. He's an MVP. Yeah. He's an a force multiplier. He makes everybody on the team better. And the guy, (laughs) I guess it's not ideal, but the guy knows how to operate without having a dominant receiver or a a skill position core that's flush with with game breakers. This guy has navigated that in his five years in Baltimore. So if you put Lamar Jackson on a team with that defense in that run game, yeah, they're the second best team in the AFCs. I thought
0: these comments were great.
1: Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six.
0: Calls in just sixty seconds. But first, got to hear from Teddy Bruschi on Bill Belichick's comments. This is him on this is just this just in yesterday. I'm very surprised that Bill Belichick would say that. Um, how he would refer to the past, because I've been in countless team meeting rooms when the very first meeting of the season, what comes out of his mouth is this, I don't care what you've done in the past, pro bowl, all pro, all this, all that, leading the league and all this and all that, the past does not matter. So this is a shift to me in the mentality of Bill. I don't know what he was thinking, saying that. And if I was in the locker room, I'd check him right now. That's something that he should not say, and it's something that's, that's not a message that he should convey to his players who can possibly see that. So do the players, does anybody in that locker room now, I don't know who's got the currency to do it at the moment, but does anybody actually say to Bill, hey, you know, you're always
1: saying that about us, what was that? Well, Matthew Slater can do it. Yeah, I mean, he's been around there forever. I think he's the longest tenured Patriot. He and is. still has a bank full of respect for him. So he could possibly do that. I mean, Devin's I, gone now. I, I, w- I would point to a guy like Matt Jadon, but he's not somebody that grew up in Foxborough. He, he was a free agent that came over, but he's their best player on the defensive side of the ball. Might be their best player overall. So maybe he's got the clout around there to do it. But yeah, there aren't too many guys walking around with those types of leadership intangibles. And that's in part the problem when it comes to this version of the New England Patriots. And, and Belichick hasn't done a great job of being able to identify foundational pieces um, after the, the Tom Brady era of things in New England. So I, I, I think that everything is on the table for the Patriots in terms of questioning how they do business, including the head coach general manager, Bill Belichick, moving forward.
0: I still would not rule them out on Lamar because I can't see a scenario where Bill wants to go out looking up at the Jets. I can't see that.
1: Listen, I don't don't know how many more chances he's going to get if things go off the rails again in 2023.
0: Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. That is one of our questions. Should Bill Bill Belichick be on the hot seat? if the Patriots struggle again this coming year? And should the Colts draft a quarterback or trade for Lamar? We go back to the phones, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Mike, California next, ESPN Radio. Mike, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, earlier caller was talking about Lamar missing a bunch of games at the end of the last year. like What are your guys take on him possibly just sitting out because of the whole contract thing, number one? Number two, here's a take that nobody's talking about. Why wouldn't Dallas go after him? Trade Dak. I know Dak's a great locker room guy, great leader, but he's banged up. He's going to be 30. Lamar's 26. McCarthy's talking about wanting to run the ball more. What better quarterback to get
1: than Lamar if you want to run the ball?
0: It doesn't feel like a move the Cowboys would make, can't he?
1: No, I don't think they will, and I don't think they can. I think Dak Prescott is in the driver's seat, and – the Cowboys really don't have any options in terms of being able to move on from him because of the cap hit that they would incur if they traded him or they cut him. So, no, I don't think that's a realistic possibility, although I do think Lamar is an upgrade from Dak Prescott. So, Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll have to see how things unfold in Dallas this year. I think, it, 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 as ironic as it may sound and as counterintuitive as it may be, the Cowboys may be forced to give Dak Prescott a contract extension. They already did the restructure. <sighs> this offseason, but they might be forced to give him a contract extension to, to, further give, to give them further cap relief. So we'll, we'll see what happens in Dallas. But uh, with the Lamar of it all, man, I, I just I think it's wild that we have so many teams that are in quarterback hell that are out on him, that, that wouldn't even consider him. At least the Indianapolis Colts are talking about it, which is more than I can say for a lot of teams in the National Football League that are desperate for a signal caller.
0: Josh, New York, is up next on ESPN Radio. Josh, what do you think, bud?
1: Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing?
0: Great. What do you got?
1: Uh, I got a couple different points. One, uh, no one's talking about what this is going to make the Baltimore Ravens look like in the future. Uh, Future quarterbacks, future people that want to play for them. If you look at it right now, what is their best offseason signing so far? Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. Not really looking too great for them. Another thing. Yesterday, Schefter was on, uh, I think Fitz and Harry, and Orlovsky was on Get Up. Both of them made comments, one, about how no one wants to trade for Lamar. But you look at, in the past, Trubisky, they traded up to get him. Uh, The Christian McCaffrey trade, the Russell Wilson trade,
0: the Sean Payton trade. All these people are just throwing picks after picks after picks after
1: picks out for these people. And money on top of that. Russell Wilson got an extension before he even played a game for the Broncos. We all I wish I could argue here. with what
0: you're saying. I can't. I mean, can't he? Listen, the Russell Wilson extension, if we're going to talk about stupidity, we're talking about Deshaun Watson and his extension. Um, it, this is about a principle that the league is trying to hold dear, and that is we're not going to fully guarantee a contract. Mm. It's When does somebody actually care about winning? You know? When, when does that happen?
1: Well, I think that's the part in this that gets lost, big fella. NFL teams claim that this is a meritocracy and and that they'll do whatever it takes to win. Well, we're now seeing a line that the owners won't cross when it comes to being able to win because you can't make the argument that there are, you know, you're talking about you know 20 quarterbacks that are better than Lamar Jackson in this league. You, you just can't. It's, it's not realistic. I mean, he's a top 10 player at the position. He's a former MVP. So – I'm with you a thousand percent. This is not about trying to win. This is about the owners holding the line and making sure that they the the bottom line is is what they want it to be in terms of their business model, but also maintaining a level of control. Because you know, if they have another contract that's fully guaranteed to to support the precedent set by the Deshaun Watson deal, then all of a sudden players are going to start asking for guaranteed contracts keep in mind in the nba there's not a stipulation in the collective bargaining agreement that says the contracts have to be guaranteed but somewhere along the line the players in the nba said you know what this is the point we're going to make we're going to pick this hill to die on when it comes to guaranteed deals and now all these players get guaranteed deals that becomes the way of the world the owners in the nfl don't want that to happen And jim ursay said as much yesterday chris indiana
0: next espn radio chris go Afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, so, as a Jets fan, I would love to see them pivot to Lamar over Aaron at this point because the drama is just ridiculous. But I'm a realist about this. And I think the, the most limiting factor for most of these teams when looking at a Lamar deal is because the Baltimore Ravens held this to the chest for so long, they've already gone through most of the free agency period, so teams have been structured around what they're expecting to play like next year. So do you trade for Lamar thinking that he can fit into a scheme that you've never seen him play, or do you try to force everything else to fit to Lamar?
1: I'm not worried about that. Well, with look, the, the, fit, the fit is not a thing, because, I mean, under Bobby yeah. Retrino in Louisville, he played in a pro-style offense, so that's not an issue. And to your point about the contract – that's not an issue, and we just saw that with Deshaun Watson. The, the, they essentially gave him a contract, and they minimized the cap hit in year one so he wouldn't take the financial penalty with the suspension that he had. Think about that, big fellow. Like, the cap hit for Deshaun Watson last year, I want to say, was around $10 million, yeah. yet he was on a contract that paid him $45 million in terms of average annual value. So it, teams and can do whatever they want him. with the structure <laughs> of the deal. Yeah. They can make it fit within their salary cap if it's a decision that they want to make. But the bigger issue is they don't want to go down the road of giving fully guaranteed contracts. Now, when he brought up the point about Russell Wilson, yeah, when Russell Wilson was traded, he got a brand new contract before paying a down for the Denver Broncos. It was a five-year extension for $242 million, $161 million guaranteed. We know that Lamar Jackson wants more guaranteed money than that. We also know that he probably wants more guaranteed money with what Kyler Murray got with $190 million last offseason, and he should because he's a better player than Kyler Murray. So this is all coming down to how much of the contract, what percentage of the contract is going to be guaranteed for skill and injury upon signing. That becomes the biggest point of contention when it comes to working out any kind of deal with Lamar Jackson. And
0: if you're worried about systems, that's just silly. And, and Lamar, if you'll remember last week, Started to hear those whispers, and in his uh, interview of himself, was addressing the fact that he can play in virtually any kind of system. At that this sounds moment. so
1: weird. A- I know
0: interview with himself. <laughs> That's I know. So strange. I got to try that. I got to try interviewing my, with myself because I think that I would be a fascinating interview. Really? Like, like if we really dug in deep to what I am, I think you'd find a lot of things out that are just surprising. Some alarming, some uh, impressive okay and and then some really just disgusting, okay,
1: <laughs> would you want to interview yourself? No, no interest in interviewing myself. Are you not that interesting uh I don't think I'm that interesting. I mean, think about it when you're interviewing something someone you're, you're trying to find out more information about them. I don't know that I need to find out more information about myself. <laughs>
0: You don't want Carlin in for uh, in for ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's great. Uh, (laughs) Adams in Utah. Next ESPN radio. Adam, what do you got on Lamar, bud? Yeah, guys. Do you think that teams aren't biting on Lamar because they're hoping they can get him next year without having to give up two ones for him and just sign him then?
1: No, no, no. I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. It's. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, and with the microwave success that new head coaches and new general managers are having, there's no guarantee that the decision-makers that are on those teams that are quarterback needy will be around in 2024. So I, I think this is more about the owners not wanting to give out guaranteed deals, and they're sending a message to all the other players that are lining up for contract extensions at quarterback that this is not something that they're going to do. Now, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow this offseason because all of those guys are eligible for contracts, and we know two of the three teams with those quarterbacks have already engaged those players when it comes to negotiations. So it'll be interesting to see how those contract talks impact what happens with the Lamar situation because if and when the dam breaks, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier for Lamar to get his money and a lot more palatable to the owner that would be doing it because the horse would be out of the barn. You know, so many are saying these days that running
0: backs are a dime a dozen. You can find them anywhere, and you should not draft them high, and you should not pay them. Well, in just moments, we're going to tell you why when it comes to the draft, that's garbage. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8Save. That's the number 8, SAVE. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sometimes things just don't go your way, and today's been one of those days where mm-hmm. I can't get out of my own way. During the break, I stepped away for a sec. I come back, my earplu or my earphone. You know, my little, uh, I got like an earbud. Yeah. Dropped it right square into my iced coffee. Right square into
1: it. That's not good.
0: So right now, this is what I hear when I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're underwater.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Meanwhile, and I'm getting more annoyed by the day, because you and I did the game with the Baltimore Ravens and the Patriots back in week three of the season. Yeah. That week... I subscribe to the Baltimore Sun because I want to be able to get all of their articles and I want to support local journalism and all that. can't you, I can't get away from them now I get I get an email a day. I can't tell you how many times I hit the button unsubscribe and I can't get away they just keep coming in waves. Baltimore Sun Baltimore Sun bolt I get it. I love the city of Baltimore. I love my friends down there.
1: God. Just They're enough more with relentless the in their pursuit of you than the Ravens are with Lamar Jackson. Yeah,
0: they are. They are absolutely more aggressive, and that should be <laughs> alarming to the people of Baltimore. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty and I—I I don't know if you know this—in just a few weeks, at the end of April, we'll be hosting the NFL Draft right here. On ESPN Radio. Let's go! Could not be more excited for that if I tried. And, Canty, that means every day we are doing the Dash for the Draft.
1: Okay, football fans, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin.
0: Can we put to rest for just a moment the notion that you should not draft a running back high? And by high, I'm going to define that the first two rounds. Okay? Is that fair? Okay. Canty, over the last five years, 75% of the 1,000-yard rushers in this league have been first or second-round picks. Wow. 75%. That's an awfully big number. Now, we're seeing a lot of different things play out with running backs wanting to get paid. Austin Eckler. Uh, What's happening with the Giants and Saquon Barkley and the Giants have uh, just put the franchise tag on him and seem very, very uh, comfortable with him playing on the franchise tag. It's one thing to say that you shouldn't pay one long term after the first few years. But if you're going to get four or even five years of really high level production on running backs, there is nothing wrong with drafting a running back in the first or second round if they are an electric talent
1: yeah i completely agree with you the only problem is i think teams look at those first round picks and they want foundational players that can be a part of their eight that could be a starter for them eight to ten years i think that's that's the the metric or the measure the bar that teams use in terms of success rate when it comes to those players and when you're looking at a running back it's not a guy that's going to be around for, for eight to ten years. You know, you're lucky if you get five or six good years from him. Look at what the Carolina Panthers did. They invested a top ten pick in Christian McCaffrey and shipped him off after, what, five seasons? Mm-hmm. You look at, uh, you know, th- those players of that ilk. I mean, it's it's a situation where they're moving on. Ezekiel Elliott, he was a top five pick, and the Dallas Cowboys got, you know, six or seven good seasons out of him. Then they moved on from him. I mean, that's, that's essentially what you're looking at for a running back. You're not going to get those guys – to be around for eight to ten years, and I think when you're drafting a player in the first round, you have to think along those lines. Unless you're a team that's in your championship window right now, and the running back is the finishing piece, that's where I think you do find tremendous amount of value in taking a running back high. Well, to me, that
0: guy is Bijan Robinson, and I'll define it not necessarily Canty as the Eagles at ten, but certainly. The Buffalo Bills at 26. If I were the Buffalo Bills, that's an outstanding way to make sure that Josh Allen is not running the football all the time. We heard that from uh, Sean McDermott yesterday that he cannot continue to play the way that he plays when he absorbs the contact that he does. If they're going to run the football, a guy like B. John Robinson can help put the Bills over the top. You think he's going to be around that long? I don't know. Maybe the Eagles do take him at 10, and if they did, I would understand it because it would be of the same mentality that we'd be talking about with Buffalo because you're trying to prevent Jalen Hurts, who will be newly paid at that point, from taking all of the hits that he does. And the best way to do that, you know, Rashad Penny's not that guy, even though they brought him in. No. No. I I mean, maybe they would go to him at 10. Where do you believe Bijan Robinson falls in this discussion?
1: I think he's probably somewhere in that that ten to ten to twenty range. I think he's somewhere in there. He's that good of a football player. I don't think people are familiar with his work to that degree that are that are that are fans of of NFL teams. I mean, this guy can go now. Like, I mean, he's a special, special talent. We don't talk about him in the same way that people talked about Zeke or the same way that people talked about. Uh, Saquon Barkley coming out, but he is every bit as talented as both of those guys and maybe more of an instinctive runner than those guys. So, I mean, this this is a guy that's really special. And the great part about Bijan is that he's an outstanding receiver out of the backfield, big fella, yeah. in, in a league where increasingly you need your running back to be a three-down player, to be great in pass protection, but also be a guy that can be a difference maker in the route tree. I, I, he has that ability. He showed it time and time again. So I'm just I i I'm in love with him. I think he's a great football player. I think he is worth a top 20 pick. But because of the depressed market with running backs, I don't know that teams will feel like they'll need to use that kind of draft capital in order to get him. Remember, the draft is a marketplace. It's, it's not necessarily about how good you are. It's what a team has to give up in order to get you. And because running backs – are on the wrong side of the most valuable positions in the NFL as it pertains to winning, I don't know that teams are going to be willing to give up the kind of capital that Bijan's talent would command. You know, the, the
0: the Barkley situation with the Giants is fascinating. I mean, if you're Saquon, you're probably going to end up playing on the tag, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, beyond this season, what's Saquon going to be able to go out and get next year if he were to stay healthy and still have the same burst? Uh, is he going to get the contract that he wanted? I don't know about that. Is he going to stay healthy?
1: I don't uh, know about that. I don't know
0: about that. <laughs> the, I was making a big jump issue. right there, giving him the
1: benefit of the doubt for a second, but I don't know how you can. No, I don't think you can. I mean, has he been healthy in back-to-back seasons in his NFL career? Uh, the answer is no. Exactly. So, I mean, how can you depend on him to do that now as he's got more tread on the tires? I, I just don't see that happening. He so, should have signed that contract. It, when it, he got the, the I, office I keep in the thinking about week. that too. Yep. I keep thinking about that. You know, you think about the offer that the Giants made to him before their bye week when they when they floated it out there that they were going to give him somewhere in the 12 to $13 million a year range on a three- or four-year deal. That might have been his best chance at getting the kind of financial, long-term financial security that he's looking for.
0: Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, once again, we are hosting the draft right here on ESPN Radio, April 27th. 28th and 29th looking forward to it live from kansas city and each and every day we will bring you the dash to the draft at this time and at 6 30 p.m eastern to highlight a particular aspect of this year's draft and how it could play out canty up next we got a little hint from one powerhouse team as to who their quarterback's going to be and it may not be great news for a guy that was a was a massive, massive prospect just a couple of years ago. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And, big fella, right now we're talking about the situation with John Lynch and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Of course, John Lynch came out and gave the vote of confidence to Brock Brock Purdy. But Kyle Shanahan pumped the brakes on Brock Purdy being ready for the start of the season. Take a listen to what he had to say at the owners' meeting. I think
0: Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions, but I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. And um, really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Um, he's been working really hard, and um, you know, uh, love the opportunity to be to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit. And, and that uh,
1: was that was John we like Lynch. That, we like that room a lot. That was John Lynch right there talking about his quarterback room with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Now, J- Kyle Shanahan went on to say at the owners meetings about Brock Purdy's health, he won't be able to do anything on the field and I quote, it could go anywhere from 6 months to 8 months. So it's all open like that and we'll have a better idea at 3 months out of surgery. They'll have a better idea of whether it's going to be six months or eight months. That's all I know, and I'm pretty good with that. We'll see at three months if he'll be ready for camp, or if not, that perhaps we say it's going to go slow. It might be week one at the latest week four. It's just all estimations, and we'll see what happens. Carlin, uh, it doesn't sound like the San Francisco 49ers know what the hell is going on with their quarterback room.
0: No. And listen, if you want to give the opportunity to Brock Purdy first, I get it. But what does that say for what happened with Trey Lance and the injury? Who, who knows who's going to be ready, first of all? And secondly, uh, I get being supportive of Brock Purdy. But, Kenty, there are realities in the sport where when you spend the amount of capital that the 49ers did to get Trey Lance... You have to, have to give him every opportunity to try to go win that job.
1: Yeah, but you have to weigh that versus what your locker room saw last year at the end of the regular season and on into the playoffs where Brock Purdy took him to the NFC Championship game. Now, I'll put, took him in air quotes because we realize how good that roster and supporting cast was. But needless to say, he gave you more than competent quarterback play. And for a team that's fully loaded, Why would they want to transition to a relative unknown in Trey Lance, a guy they've seen start a grand total of three games, as opposed to go with a guy that went, what, 7-1 and as the starter and and gave you a chance once you got to the second season? I, I don't know, man. That's a tough sell to a locker room. I get it. It's about championship aspirations. It's also weighing the investment that the organization made in Trey Lance. But the quickest way for a coach to lose the locker room is to play a guy that hasn't proven as much as an alternative that you already have on your roster. Well, yeah, listen, I, I I get that. If you're in that locker
0: room right now, you want to see Brock Purdy, do you not? Yeah. What would have to happen in training camp for guys to change their mind?
1: I don't think anything can happen in training camp. You have to well, see it on the field. Like For as much as we heard about Trey Lance and Trent Williams was gushing about Trey Lance last offseason, you got to go out there and prove it on the field. As much as we, we love what we heard about Pat Mahomes in his rookie year, we had to see it on the field in his second season. It matters the most when you're in those games because that's how guys feed their families. Like You feed your family by going out there and getting wins, and your quarterback playing well goes a long ways to your team winning games. So guys only have an allegiance to the player that can put them in the best position to be successful. That's where it begins and ends in terms of, who the locker room wants to see under
0: center? I know, but all right, it's a it's a team and win now mode in yeah. every way. If the guy that you invested everything that you did into him even shows that he is remotely close to what you thought he would be, I I think he's going to get that chance. Even though the locker room's going to feel away, you and I both know there've been plenty of times where, and we saw with the Jets this past year for Pete's sake. And I'm not saying Trey Lance is Zach Wilson, but a guy's out there because there's a certain amount invested in him and the players don't
1: necessarily buy into it. Well, well, you can't use the Jets as the example because that is a dysfunctional franchise. They don't do a whole lot of winning. Yeah. Under Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, run. they do a hell of a lot of winning. They've yeah. been to what, three conference championship games since he's been there? So, I mean, uh, this is what they do. So, I, I, I think it's more of a situation, big fella, where we're talking about Trey Lance ideally having an opportunity to play the first couple of weeks of the regular season because of the Brock Purdy injury. The organization can wrap it around Purdy not necessarily being 100% healthy and wanting to do what's in his, his best interest, but that's how they give Trey Lance a little rope to see what he can do. Now, if Trey Lance doesn't fare any better than what we saw the first couple of weeks of 2022, then his time with the San Francisco 49ers is probably coming to an end. That's just the reality of this business. Well,
0: I'll tell you, for John Lynch, the only way to bail out is to win the Super Bowl, is to win the Super Bowl with Brock Brock Purdy at that point. Because everything else that you have done right has put you in a great position, but if you're not getting that part of it right, especially as much as they put into it, then you better go and win the Super
1: Bowl. Well, that's what's so confusing about the Lamar Jackson situation, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, think about it. For as good as a general manager can be when it comes to the rest of the roster, if you don't hit on the quarterback, it really all goes for naught. Uh,
0: well, this I is mean, what we're that,
1: killing Joe Douglas for. Oh, he's exactly. Done, he, yeah. He missed on Zach Wilson. But he's done everything else uh, pretty well.
0: Pretty well. Yeah. Um, but they haven't reached that 49ers level yet. 49ers – are right now ready to win the Super Bowl. Do you believe that they can win the Super Bowl with
1: Brock Purdy? This is my point. I, I, think, I think they can get to a Super Bowl. I do. I, mm. think, they, I think they are one of the, the two best teams in the NFC with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And who's to say what would happen with Jalen Hurts? An injury could be right around the corner. So, yeah, I think they can get to a Super Bowl. And if they can get there, then you have to say they would have a chance to win it.
0: Lamar wants out. We hear from coaches around the league next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.